Time to talk Razorbacks on Sports Time. Joining the guys is Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas to talk all things Hogs and SEC. On Twitter X at Ty Sports Radio, here's Ty Richardson with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan. Come on, all you Richardson joining us now from ESPN Arkansas to talk some Razorbacks. Ty, thanks so much for joining us. I I know a big game this weekend. You're down in Oxford, a big game against Ole Miss this weekend. But I want to start with that game last week against Texas A&M. What were your big takeaways from Dallas last week? Brian, they couldn't block. I mean, they were horrible. Texas A&M defensive line is pretty stout. I think Alabama is going to find that out tomorrow. Jalen uh, Milrow, I think it's going to be in pressure a lot of the day in College Station, but I mean that was the big thing. Defense came to play in the second half, not so much in the first, but uh, hopefully they bounce back here in Oxford tomorrow night. Man, this is a great place. Had lunch with Brett earlier. <laughs> Brett, guys, I haven't been back in eight years, and it is, uh, it's good to be back in one of, the, uh, one of the better cities in the SEC. There's no question about it. Man, Ty, you 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 know I I love Fayetteville, but I do love Oxford, and I, I swear I think the Friday night night before scene in Oxford is as good as any in college football, and then into the Grove tomorrow, and then coming off last week, you know the thrill of winning that game. Let's go back to the Razorbacks though for this year, two and three. That is not reflective of of this team. This is a better team than two and three, but that's the record. Yeah. I'm really hoping for a better performance tomorrow night, um, even if they find a way to lose this game, which, again, it's been, Brett, as we were talking about at lunch, it's been a really competitive game. So Arkansas has got to find a way to, to bounce back. And, and again, I, it, it's a lot easier said than done containing Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins. But, I mean, I'm excited about tomorrow. But, yeah, Arkansas, again, the expectations heading into this season. I know they're picked fifth in the SEC West, but fans were like, all right, you got the best one-two punch in the SEC and Rocket and KJ. Rocket's been injured for a good chunk of the season. KJ hadn't gotten a lot of help from his offensive line. And tomorrow night, we know how we know how much this game means to him. I mean, Sardis, Mississippi is about 30 minutes from here. North Panola is less than 30 miles. So, you know, he's going to be he's going to be juiced up for this game for good reason. And uh, I'm excited about tomorrow night, even if Arkansas is going to fall. And, and he, he is a local youngster, and the performance yep. he put on two years ago was just uh, breathtaking. He was so good. Both offenses, prolific. I don't think it gets that high of scoring tomorrow night, but it could. Ole Miss just got out of a kind of a rat race game, a make-it-take-it game last week. The injury to the tight end for Arkansas, uh, just devastating. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the health status getting Caden Prescorn back at tight end for Ole Miss. Boy, you, in this modern football, you almost have to have that position because they're unguardable. They're the biggest guy on the field. Uh, they can outrun any linebacker trying to guard them. And then the catch radius for them over a, you know, a little bitty smaller defensive back just makes it a mismatch problem. The Arkansas injury at tight end and pre-scoring back for Ole Miss, your thoughts? Yeah, Brett, it's a double whammy, right? I mean, you and I were talking Please. about uh, this this morning, how valuable he is to that Ole Miss offense. And then for Arkansas, losing Luke Haz, who was their top-rated recruit, according to ESPN, was devastating. And he had a monster game two weeks ago in Baton Rouge and gets injured like first series against A&M last week. And so now they're trying to recuperate. They don't have a tight end in that room that matches even close to the level of what he brings. And 
I mean, I watched I watched Evan Ingram in college. I know how versatile a tight end can be. And Luke was, I don't know if he's Evan Ingram, but he, he, he was a valuable asset to this football team. Now they're going to have to get figured out. And with an addition, I mean, I, I talked to a, a buddy who's played for the Packers, and he tells me all the time, like, tight end's the most valuable position in college in the NFL. Because like you're saying, the guy's too tall. You can't have a safety or corner guard him. He's too fast for a, a linebacker to guard him. So it's just it's a tough matchup in a, with uh with Ole Miss getting their guy back, it's just one more team. The linebackers of Arkansas and the rest of the defense have to worry about. And look what it's created in the NFL. I thought it was hard enough to suffer through the insufferable uh, Gronk, and now we're having to suffer through Travis Kelsey. <laughs> huh. Yeah, Kelsey. Cool. Got, uh, He's on way too much Kittle. of my TV. Yeah, you got Kittle at, uh, in San Francisco. I mean, you look at the best teams in the National Football League, most of the time they haven't. Uh, I mean, top five tied in, yep. top finish tied in, and uh, I mean those two that we just listed, KC and San Fran, they're definitely top five, maybe top three in the National Football League. So Lane Kiffin, we know he's an offensive wizard, and uh, I listen. I'm not an Ole Miss fan, but I, I recognize game when I see it. And that guy knows how to call plays. Yep. He is a, a genius, regardless of uh, what you think about him. He knows when it comes to, to offensive football. That's exactly who Lane Kiffin is here at Oxford. Ty, uh, you mentioned the, the offensive line play in that game against Texas A&M. I, I've heard uh, some people say that there might be some, some shake-ups to that offensive line for Arkansas. I've even heard people say Patrick Kudis, the, uh, the, the young offensive lineman from Memphis, could start at center this weekend. Uh, what have you heard about this offensive line, and do you expect any changes uh, against Ole Miss? Hey, sorry, guys. A bunch of Ole Miss sorority girls. Yeah, I can hear them. By. They're excited. you, you got to yeah. be inside the Lyric in the library right now. <laughs> yeah. so, hey, hey, Fred, a couple of them look back, too, so we'll see how that goes tonight. Hey. Um, <laughs> so I would say, like, so you got a kid in Patrick Kudis who's probably 10 minutes from where you are, Christian mm-hmm. Brothers High School. He's going to play center this week or this uh, wow. tomorrow night. And, like, this is a sophomore that practiced at this position, but, I mean, we haven't really seen him there. So – you're putting a lot of pressure on an underclassman to perform in a place you know he wants to like just show out. A place that it's the closest venue of any SEC school that he'll be playing in in his next two, three years, whatever the case may be. So I, I, I'm excited to see how he is. I think there's going to be a mistake or two, but the offensive line through the first five games, you saw a team that that had to switch something up, and they're trying something. I don't know if it's going to work. Brian, to your question, but Sam Pittman is at least not just kind of staying the same and saying, you know, we're just going to keep doing this. No, we're going we're gonna to try and switch these up and see what happens. And good for Sam Pittman because it's really been a, a rough and tumble few weeks for him. And, and this week I couldn't believe some of the things I was hearing. But I, I know that's fandom, and I, I know with the money <laughs> they're making how aggravated people get. You're right about the change at center, Ty. Uh, the, the snap's been all over the place. It's throwing the timing off for K.J. Jefferson. A lot of times back there this year, he's looked like he's been playing shortstop more than he's been playing quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's been something with a new offensive coordinator, a new center, a new offensive lineman, a lot of new skill position players. It hasn't come easy to KJ, and I, I don't blame it. I mean, I know he's a veteran quarterback, but you can only do so much to, to get the offense rolling a little bit. you got to ask for some help, and hopefully he gets some tomorrow night. I, I mean, this is a game that's so important to him, and he might underplay it, but... 
seemed like from the outset he was under recruited when it comes to potentially ending up in Ole Miss. And I mean, he wants to. I mean, he's got he's going to have twenty something families here tomorrow. Twenty something family members here tomorrow. So I just hope he, uh, he he has a game like he did. I don't know, like you said, Brad. We'll see what he did two years ago. But man, that'd be something to see Dart and uh, KJ go at it, just like Corral and KJ went at it two years ago. And they could, and he was really good last year. He got he had to sit out the Liberty game last year. They got him yep, healthy, he needed the win over Ole Miss to get Bo Elsborn. He was great that night. Rocket Sanders was even better. How come he always takes it out on Ole Miss? It doesn't look like he's ever as mad at Mississippi State over the recruitment than he is Ole Miss. Well, I, if I had to guess, Brett, he probably, he probably got a little more yeah. against Ole Miss than he does Mississippi State, but I mean, this is a – you think about Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. I mean, those are schools that recruit a lot of the same kids that uh, feel like that, hey, yep. we can we can beat Alabama this year. We can beat LSU mm-hmm. this year. Of course, Ole Miss did that last week. So, I mean, this is an important game for both schools. I mean, we, we were talking about this morning. Ole Miss still got a shot at the West, y'all. I know Bama yeah. beat them earlier, but there's no guarantee that Bama's going to win the ball. Don't even no mention that yet, Ty. <laughs> Don't even mention that. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you're, I know but you're Ole right. Miss fans are – I know Ole Miss fans are still salty about 2015. So salty, uh, when don't touch. Beat them out. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is gonna be an intense game tomorrow. And I listen. I it, it feels like it feels like it's been a decade since I've been back here. So I I, I cannot watch, wait to watch this game spot him and play tomorrow. And we were talking about that tight end play that we thought we were going to get with Haz and Prescorn, and now only Prescorn in that 2015 game. The tight end play, Hunter Henry for the Razorbacks and Evan Ingram for Ole Miss. Wow. They're still playing on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to see a better. And again, these guys don't match up as a uh, tight end linebacker. But I, I love like Quinchon Judkins and Rocket last year. Those are two best running backs in the league this year, and we'll get to see them tomorrow. You mentioned the 2015 game. Anytime you have like quarterbacks, and I don't know if you put Dart and, and Jefferson at the very top of the SEC, but they're close. They're probably top five. So there's a bunch of matchups tomorrow night, like you're talking about in 2015, that I think not just Ole Miss and Arkansas fans already see, but scouts and, and everything else, just because it's always intriguing to see, hey, what's this guy going to do when the guy on the other side is, it's compared to him yeah. at this point. Talking to Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas, talking the Razorbacks. And uh, me and Brett have talked a lot this week about that Ole Miss game against LSU last week and just all of the offense. I mean, Ty, my head was spinning after watching that game. So when you look at that and, and kind of the offense that you can maybe expect from Ole Miss this weekend, how important will the secondary for Arkansas be this weekend? Oh, it's huge. And they're missing probably most likely he had a concussion last week white mclaughlin oh yeah and i doubt he plays tomorrow night and he's their best cover corner so i mean wade and those guys are gonna have a field day i think on arkansas secondary time they're gonna start a true freshman jalen braxton that i really like but i mean you think about what you have to figure out as a db mm-hmm. you got to worry about judkins and some of the other guys coming off the edge you got to worry about dart scrambling there's so much that you have to like contemplate and figure out with Lane Kiffin's offense. I would hate to be a DB tomorrow night, and I I, I think it's going to be. Listen, if you force a turnover, too, great. But yeah. I think Ole Miss is going to score a lot of points tomorrow night. And and Ty on the injury on the concussion last week, you just can't play around with with that injury anymore. No. And we saw it play out on Monday Night Football with Jamal Adams, and I'm glad he's not being fined or punished for his reaction. 
but he, he, he took one to the dome. Used to, used to, that player would talk their way back in, but now that independent neurologist on NFL sidelines are saying, uh-uh, you're not going back in, and that's why he, he kind of showed out. He was wanting to play. I, I, and I know, I know we can afford it in college football if we can afford all this NIL. And Arkansas did the right thing. But I, I think we need independent neurologists in college going, nope, you played your last play. You're sitting over here by me the rest of the night. Yeah, because, I, I mean, most kids, regardless if you're uh, 21 or – and I say kids, um, I mean, if you're 31, I don't know how Jamal Adams is. He played LSU a few years back. I want to play. And I, and I don't blame him for that. I want to play. He's a tough – yeah, he's a tough guy, and Adam's one of the best safeties in the National Football League, even still a little older now. So you can't blame them for being competitive and having fire, but there, again, has to be some logic in, in all of this. And, and, Brent, sometimes this gets lost during the course of a competitive football game, whether it's professional or collegiate. And, I listen, I'm not going to push back on anything you just said because it's probably in the best interest of student-athletes that that's exactly what happens. And, and if we want to keep the sport of football, yeah. we, we, we yeah. just, we have to, we, we, there, there are times that I don't like some of the, some of the penalties, some of the targeting calls, but if we're going to keep the enterprise, we're going to have to adjust. Ty Richardson, our guest from ESPN Arkansas, this week, how rough was it from your listenership <laughs> on Sam Pittman? I, I, I dipped in, uh, across the state to a couple of shows and I couldn't believe the conversation on some. Brad, it was pretty brutal, man. I mean, there, there are some Sam Pittman apologists that have loved him since he stepped on campus and they were asking for his, his job this week. And, and I, I listen, he, he's two and three. They didn't have a great season last year, went seven and six. I, I don't think it's any point to call for Hunter Yurichek to fire him. But I mean, this is a, this is a gut check game. And Sam's got, Sam Settle, I talked a lot about improvement and keeping the team together. It's not exactly an easy task going up against an offensive wizard, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, and Lane Kiffin. But they got to show out tomorrow. If they go, if they go back to back weeks where their offense gets shelled by the opposing defensive line, he's going to have a rough next couple weeks in Fayetteville based on fan reaction. Not just our radio callers, Brett and Brian, but people across the state that have a lot more say so mm-hmm. than I do, just running my mouth from six to nine a.m. Well, Ty, uh, me and Brad, I think we were talking about this this morning about uh, another game. We were talking about LSU in, in Missouri and, and almost that checkout factor for a team like LSU with two losses on the season. How much do you think of, of a checkout factor could there be for this Arkansas team? Man, I hope there's none. Right. But at a certain point, you let go of the rope. And I don't know when that's going to happen, to be quite honest. Um, Arkansas is, a, a, again, a, a team this year that, was picked fifth in the SEC West, but they started out pretty slow. We'll see if they uh, they bounce back tomorrow night. And if they don't bounce back tomorrow night, I know they got Alabama next week. They're not going to bounce back to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that's tough. Huh? We'll see if uh, we'll see if the uh, the home game against Mississippi State is one they can respond to. But it's a uh, not easy. I mean, this four game stretch. Uh, for those that don't know, Arkansas started their four game stretch at Baton Rouge. Then they play Texas A&M in Dallas. They're here at Oxford for tomorrow night's game. They go to Tuscaloosa. That's the toughest Brutal. stretch in college football. There ain't a team in the country that wants to have to play those no. four teams back to back to back to back. No, and, and that, that's what I say. Okay, maybe if the SEC is a smidge to um, a couple of steps down this year, I, I tell everybody around college football, 
take a ride on this. Just, just just try this out and then chat back with me and tell me that ESPN's propping up the SEC. Yeah, it's really hard to this year, Brad. I mean, look at the teams. I, is anyone, like, terrified of Georgia like they may have been the last two years? No. Bama? No. I mean, the best quarterbacks playing the Pac-12 in the last year. So, it's – I mean, there's no guarantee. We could say this for the first time in basically almost two decades. First time mm-hmm. an SEC team might not make the playoffs in 2006 when uh, LSU – or excuse me, Florida – and Ohio State played for the national championship. But there is a realistic chance that no SEC team is in the college football playoff based on LSU's two losses, based on Alabama's loss, and based on Georgia's shakiness through the first couple games. I would I would bet on zero a long time before huh. I bet on two in it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i curious, man. Uh, this, it, it, and But this is great, right? Like uh, The fact that Ole Miss has a chance to make it to Atlanta – uh, listen, I'm not an Ole Miss fan, but I think that's awesome. This, yeah. this Stop NIL that. Transfer <laughs> not too soon, yeah, Ty, too Brett, soon. Brett's like, Brett's, uh, Brett's like knocking on wood uh-huh. every time I say that. But I, I just think that it's better for college football and there's parity involved because I felt like there hadn't been a lot of parity in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Well, Ty, I know we're in the middle of football season. I know everybody's excited about getting into SEC play, but we had uh, basketball that preseason uh, practice kick off last week. And for Arkansas, I'm curious, what is the buzz like uh, around the state, around the city uh, for this upcoming basketball season? Obviously, a very different start to the season for Arkansas last year. A lot of hype around these young guys, the incoming freshmen, that incoming recruiting class, now uh, really transfer-led, veteran-led team. Uh, what is the uh, what is the excitement about Arkansas basketball right now? Oh, it's huge. I mean, their red-white game had a lot of people in Barnhill Arena. Red, I know a place that you've been from time to time. There's a lot of – and the other thing is, I mean, Chris Beard's here in Oxford. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not sleeping on that game anymore. Beard's a heck of a coach. We went toe-to-toe with him and – in the round of 32 a couple years back. So this is going to be a heck of a, a heck of a series, I think, that's going to start up and when it comes to Fayetteville and Oxford. So, I mean, Arkansas fans are always jacked for basketball. I was talking to some Ole Miss fans, and they were like, yeah, we don't care about basketball. <laughs> I was like, you might, you might start to care a little yeah, bit. might change on that, yeah. Yeah. Beer, they they got a coach making three and a half million that cares. <laughs> yeah. No, you're exactly right, Brett. Well, Ty, uh, talking about that that kind of veteran-led, transfer-led team, you know, I kind of this whole offseason, I've always remembered Tremont Mark and, and Khalif Battle over there, but yep. I was looking at that roster the other day. I mean, L. Ellis, Jeremiah Davenport, Chandler Lawson coming over from Memphis, even a guy like Kean Manyfield Jr., who I know is going to redshirt this year. I mean, really loaded up on, I think, some really good players. Uh, the, the one question I've seen a lot of people raise is where does the shooting come from? I know you're getting some guys coming back that that can really help you um, from deep, but but uh, what do you think about this team? Kind of a question that was uh, talked about a lot about this team last year was that three point shooting. Where do you think they get it from this year? Yeah, so you mentioned a couple guys. Davenport hit like five or six threes in the red white game. Oh, wow. Caleb Battle hit from Temple's a prolific three point shooter. Joseph Pinion's an Arkansas kid. He lit it up in the red white game. That was an area that Arkansas was clearly deficient in last year. Really hurt them at certain points during the season, but it doesn't seem to be an issue this year. That's, they're not going to be as good defensively, Brian and Brett, but they'll have more offense to kind of to supplement their maybe uh, back uh, their defense stepping mm-hmm. back again. So, I, I mean, listen, fans are excited. 
Uh, Bud Walton is going to be as jacked as it's ever been when the Duke Blue Devils come in Whew. at the end of November. I think it's the 29th, it's the Wednesday. That will be the most hyped game, guys. Brett knows this game well since Larry Johnson and UNLV came. One versus two. Yep. Yes, sir. When uh, If Larry Johnson had wanted to, he would have killed Ty Day that day when Ty Day <laughs> threw an open hand left hook at him. And Larry Johnson yep. took two steps back and laughed in his face. And, uh, yeah. I, and I, w- I was not at, I was not at Barnhill that day that it was impossible to get a ticket. I, I couldn't get one. Wow. I thought the two toughest, maybe three toughest tickets ever at Barnhill that game, the game against Kentucky and Rick Patino when Rick Patino wore boots in honor yeah. of Coach Nolan Richardson. And oddly enough, the NIT game against Arkansas State Friday night, March 13th, 1987. Ooh. Yeah, they almost lost that game too. There was speculation that if no one lost that game, he might get let go, which thank God he didn't because we know what happened in the aftermath of him staying on campus. But yeah, Bar- I mean, Barnhill Arena was an incredible place to watch a college basketball game. And now Bud Walton, I mean, there's some Ole Miss fans listening, there's some Alabama fans listening, there's some fans from all SEC parts that know when you step foot into Bud Walton Arena, I, I, Donald W. is pretty solid, but it ain't Bud Walton Arena. Yeah, I'm excited for this basketball season. I got even more excited when looking at that Arkansas roster for this season and, and excited for this game tomorrow between Arkansas and Ole Miss. But, Ty, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll do it again next Friday. Guys, can't wait. I can't, I'm probably going to fall in love at least three or four times this weekend. So we'll, uh, hopefully I won't <laughs> It's easy to do. Be careful, Ty. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. Thanks, Ty. You got it, man. Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas joining us to talk the Razorbacks and the SEC and Brett. Uh, I, I this you know we didn't have enough time last week to to talk basketball with them, but I I came to you. We were talking before the show last Friday, and I said, Brett, I'm looking at this Arkansas roster. I'm looking at the guys that they brought in, and I am excited about this Arkansas team. Uh, a lot of guys we're familiar with because of of their play in the American Athletic mm-hmm. Conference. Tremont. Mark, Khalif Battle, Jeremiah Davenport, obviously Chandler Lawson from Memphis. I, I, I think this basketball team could be pretty good for Arkansas. And for a lot of people in the portal area, you really got to check those rosters and learn your team. Oh, yeah, now. absolutely. That's why I had to get early and get uh, get my uh, preseason magazine so I could start looking at this. But then on the football side, I think tomorrow uh, seems like everybody's talking about this being a close game. I'm hoping uh, it's, a, it's, so a, it's a fun one. Yeah, not so fast. Ty getting a little ahead of himself on, uh, on Ole Miss uh, – uh, getting places. I know you're not uh, superstitious, but for me, whew, just thinking about you when he was saying those, it was it was bothering me a little bit, bro. I just I just know how Sam Pittman's teams have played oh, yeah. three three years now against Absolutely. Lane Kiffin. Absolutely, and they they play him close, so it should be a heck of a game tomorrow. But let me tell you about our sponsor for this hour. They're a sponsor every single day at five o'clock. That's Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean Company uh, on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall started working there in his teens, and now with his wife. Laura. They own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team, any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe or soft toe, even rubber toe boots. Uh, boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. From head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Area, Dam Post, Anderson Bean, and that's just to name a few of them, whether for men or women. Men's and women's clothing as well. Jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, and outerwear in the best duckhead collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street 
or to HewlettDunn.com on the square in Collierville. And uh, it's not just the clothing. It's not just the boots. They also have all the accessories, hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapbacks, and cool hats that you can think of. For the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, the Razorbacks, a big weekend of college football coming up, so make sure you get over there to Hewlett Dunn and get a hat to rep your team. And for travel, the bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please go in, visit, and say hello at 111 Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we've got to make some picks because it's time for our first National Bank and Trust Friday football forecast. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Friday football forecast from First National Bank and Trust, the division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. Real estate isn't something you purchase or develop or desire. It's something you appreciate, respect, and know. With real estate, there's no gray area. You either know it or you don't. First National Bank and Trust, a proud division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. They've known it since their beginning in 1886. Clients depend on First National Bank because they know real estate. Brooks Winchester, Bill Samish, and many more can assist you in your acquisition of that hunting land, farmland, a construction project. Let First National Bank and Trust make your dreams a reality. 775 Ridge Lake Boulevard, Suite 140 in Memphis, 901-498-5763, or the office in Collierville, or online at fnbtmemphis.com. For commercial real estate, residential construction, or recreational and agriculture financing, let First National Bank and Trust help you. They're a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, where I have had an account, been a friend, and been a customer my entire life. One thing we're going to see tomorrow in the forecast will be the first time this year that the autumn winds are blowing. It will feel like football season at a lot of places in college football and even some on Sunday in the National Football League. First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, the very definition of stable, secure, reliable, solid, and consistent. I hope we can be those things on these forecasts. We start with the first game of the day, a big one, a great one. The Red River Shootout, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning on ABC. Texas undefeated, OU undefeated. Texas a six-and-a-half-point favorite at its place at one of the cathedrals of college sports, the Cotton Bowl, the Red River Shootout, first time since 2011. Both teams undefeated in this one. Sark in his third year, Venables in his second year, last year for this game to be part of the Big 12. Next year it will be SEC, SEC. OU leads the nation with 10 interceptions. Dylan Gabriel versus Quinn Ewers. Bryant, this is big time. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one, and, and I've heard a lot of people go the opposite direction for this. Um, but, you know, one thing I hear whenever it's a rivalry game, it's throw the records out, throw everything out. You cannot take anything that either of these teams have done so far th- during the season and act like that's going to make a difference in this game. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a rivalry. That's what rivalries are all about. But for some reason, I'm not hearing people say that same thing 
this season when it or, or this week when it comes to this game, I hear we a don't lot trust of, Venables. E- exactly, we don't trust Venables. But one thing I'll say about Brent Venables is he came in and obviously being a defensive coordinator, everybody was saying the defense is really going to run the run the show at Oklahoma last year. That didn't happen because his roster was so decimated. And by the time he got there, he could not replace it. This defense is much better than it was last year. He is showing why he was hired as the head coach of Oklahoma. And I think he's going to. Prove them right this weekend. I'm not only going to take Oklahoma in this one. I'm going to take them to win the game. I think they win it. I think that puts them on the map. They've already should have been in the top 10 sooner. They should have already been in the top 10. (laughs) But this will uh, cement them in the top 10. Probably should get them in the top 5. Great analysis. Great breakdown. I've got three words for that. Copy and paste. (laughs) I am with you completely on it. I'm with you on the straight up upset. I've got OU winning 28-27 and Billy Sims will fall asleep tomorrow night somewhere in (laughs) Dallas. Chani Boomer! (laughs) Our second game, 11 o'clock on ESPN. It's LSU minus five and a half. Tigers versus Tigers in Columbia. M-I-Z-Z OU, second straight SEC roadie for LSU, first met in 1978 in the Liberty Bowl. Mizzou wow. won that one 20-15 uh, to 15 with Phil Bradley at quarterback. Kellen Winslow at tight end. Yeah, that Kellen Winslow. Well, the dad. Maybe not that one. Mizzou leads all time 2-1. to one. Jaden Daniels versus Brady Cook. If you think Dylan Gabriel versus Quinn Ewers is good, and it is, Jaden Daniels versus Brady Cook is real good. Daniels, first LSU quarterback ever to account for four-plus TDs in four straight games during the same season. LSU minus five and a half. I say G E A U X. Go Tigers. Oh. LSU Tigers 42 24 over the Missouri Tigers. I'm going to go the opposite way, and maybe it's because I've just been watching this Missouri team a lot closer ever since they played the Tigers, but you know, I feel like this is two teams kind of going in two different directions. LSU, I don't think uh, they expected to go into week six with two losses already on the schedule. Maybe if you said two losses the entire year, they would have said, yeah, sure, that's fine, but not going into week six. I don't think they expected that. On the other side, Missouri is having an absolutely tremendous season so far. Yeah, maybe you could question some of the competition, but what they have shown so far has been really impressive. That offense, Brady Cook, Luther Brown. We know they've beaten two good teams. We know they've beaten two very good teams. And so I think that continues. Uh, obviously, this game in Missouri, so I think that helps a lot. I don't know if they win this game, but I do think they cover the five and a half. The two I'm talking about is Kansas State and the Memphis Tigers. Yeah. That That's tomorrow. And, boy, late on a Friday, I don't need to be trying to spell everything. I did spell Go Tigers, G-E-A-U-X, when I spelled. Okay, i got to be careful with it. Yeah, I, I got M-I-Z-Z-O-U down, uh-huh. but G-E-A-U-X. Yeah, it's, you better it's tough. Sure, yeah, it's tough. Make sure you spell uh-huh. the right thing. <laughs> Put a lot of, lot of X in there. 2.30 on CPS, Bama, slim one-and-a-half point favorite on the road at College Station against the Texas Aggies. Coach Nick Saban, 55. Five and four in October in his Alabama run. Thirty-one and zero at home. Twenty-four and four on the road. Those losses at South Carolina, at Ole Miss, at A and M, and last year at UT. Twenty-six SEC games for Max Johnson, either at LSU or at Texas A and M. Evan Stewart eclipsed the one thousand yard career receiving mark in his fourteenth game last week. That ties him with Ryan Tannehill. Yes, Ryan Tannehill, the wide receiver when he was at A&M, for, for doing as his third fastest Aggie ever. You know, I think Ryan Tannehill probably would be a better wide receiver in the NFL than he is quarterback. Bama, one-and-a-half-point favorite, roll tide, but not in a big way. Low scoring, 
Very 90s game, 17-6 to Alabama. Wow. All right, I like it. I'm going to go uh, the other direction yet again. I'm starting to see a trend on my pick. I'm picking a lot of underdogs this week. Uh, we talked to Lee Sterling earlier today on, on Johnny Harden's uh, happy hour, and he brought up this point, and I had already, I'm going to bring Lee up again here in a little bit for uh, something that I, uh, I was upset to hear him say for one of my picks, but I heard him say this, and it's a great point. Alabama this season has given up 20 sacks on their quarterback, whichever quarterback has been in there 20 sacks against them and for this Texas A&M defense Brett I've talked about them a lot over the last couple of weeks I love especially this front seven I love this defensive line they're young they're hungry and they get after opposing quarterbacks I think they do that tomorrow I think being in college station helps them a ton in this game and I'm going to take Texas A&M not only to cover but beat Alabama yet again 1977, the last time Kentucky defeated Georgia and Florida in the same year. Six o'clock on ESPN. Georgia, a 15 and a half point favorite between the hedges in Athens at Sanford Stadium over Kentucky. Undefeated versus undefeated. 13 in a row for Georgia in this series. All time, all red and black. 62 to 12 with two ties. 31 and four. 31 and four and two between the hedges. Third school for Ray Davis. Started at Temple, then at Vandy, now excelling for Kentucky. You pick first, Brian. Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky on this one. I'm going to go back to our friend David Cobb, who joined us on Monday, and we were talking about Georgia and asked him what he thought about this Georgia team. And he said that the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one team in all of the lands of college football, is 0-5 against the spread this year. And so I thought that was a great number that David brought to the table. And because of that reason and what Kentucky did last week, maybe they won't be able to run like that against the mighty Georgia Bulldogs. But if they can get that run game going, Georgia might be in a little bit of trouble. I do not think they lose this game. But that's a mighty big number. I'll take Kentucky. That's pretty strong analysis by your part. Man, you've been listening to everybody this week. I, I've been trying Lee to. Sterling. <laughs> I listen to. I listen to. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm not listening to our great guests, but that, 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 that's, that's good recall. 630 SEC Network, Arkansas visiting Oxford to play Ole Miss. Razorbacks and Rebels. Sam Pittman 2-1 and one versus Lane Kiffin, while Sam Pittman's been at Arkansas and Lane Kiffin's been uh, Lane Kiffin's been at Ole Miss. 68% passing for K.J. Jefferson. Uh, three interceptions for touchdowns this year for Arkansas. So they throw it to the right team on the offensive side, and they intercept it on the defensive side. Ole Miss over 700 uh, yards six times in its football history. Four of those under Lane Kiffin, and one was last week. One also was last year in mop-up duty at Fayetteville in that blowout. Five touchdowns for Quinshawn Judkins, uh, four of them rushing, one of them receiving. 11 touchdowns, only two interceptions for Jackson Dart, almost 1,500 yards. I think the line's too big. It's 11.5. Ole Miss wins the game. Arkansas battles to the last second like this game always feels like it goes. Ole Miss wins, but wins 38-28, and that's right around the Vegas total, Mm -hmm. and it's right around the point spread, but Arkansas covers, but Ole Miss wins. Uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss here, and, and it's only for two reasons, maybe two uh, two simple reasons. So you're, you're laying the 11 and a half. I'm going to, and the only reason I'm doing that is because I look at the uh, four games we've picked before this, and I've gone all underdogs in all of them. i got to shake something up, so I'm going to take Alabama. Also, there have been a couple games this year, most notably, I think, back to the Georgia Tech game, where it was a big number, and a lot of people were going against Ole Miss in that one, saying Georgia Tech was a lock to cover that game, and Ole Miss made it look easy. 
So uh, I, I think very different in this one, but I'm trying to make myself feel a little bit better for basically just forcefully picking Ole Miss because I don't want my entire college football picks to be all underdogs. I'll take Ole Miss. What the heck? I hope you're right. I, I do. Really sound analysis by you. Give me your college football lock and shock. On locks, we have to pick a favorite. On shock, an underdog. And if it wins outright, you get two points. So for my lock, I'm going to go with Notre Dame minus six and a half over Louisville. I really like this Notre Dame team and what they've done. I haven't gotten to see much of Louisville this season, but I'm just going to continue to ride this hot hand of Notre Dame. I'll take them by a touchdown. And then my shock, I'm going to go a little off the wall here. Texas State plus oh, you two like and a half over Louisiana. I love the off the wall games. Um, but this Texas State team is a very good team. They've only lost one game this season. Now Louisiana, uh, a very good opponent. I think they've only lost two games this season. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. So this should be a great game, but I've really liked what I've seen from Texas State this year. The only loss they have was to a, a UTSA team before Frank Harris got injured in what was a great game. So I'm going to take Texas State here, uh, and I'll have the uh, plus two and a half for them. My lock will be the Navy minus six and a half over North Texas. I think Navy wins big, 38-10. And my shock, I've hinted at it all week, Maryland plus the 20 and a half Straight up at the horseshoe, wow. 35-34 Terrapins for the recuperating Greg Gaston. Wow, I, I like it. I like it. We'll see uh, We'll see if that works out. <laughs> NFL on Sunday, it starts early on Sunday morning, 8.30 from London. Last week at Wembley, this week at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Buffalo minus 5.5 over Jacksonville. Jacksonville 2-0 and over Buffalo in playoffs all time. All time seven and seven regular season, so nine up, nine down. All time in that in that series. Give me Jacksonville and give me Jacksonville to win the game straight up, sixteen ten over Buffalo. Yeah, I'm also going to take Jacksonville. I don't know if they cover, uh, but I'll definitely take them plus the five and a half in a home game for Jacksonville. One group lock in college, and that was Boomer Sooner. One so far in the NFL. We'll see how many more. Noon on CBS. Baltimore minus four and a half at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh leads all time 33-25, 3-1 in postseason. Give me the Steelers in an upset, wow. straight up, 14-13 in the definition of an AFC North game. I'm going to take Baltimore in this one uh, with Pittsburgh. Some injury concerns, that offensive line uh, hasn't looked great, so I'll take Baltimore in this one. Quickly, I know we got to get, we have to get moving. So, 325 CBS Kansas City minus four and a half over Minnesota. A rematch of Super Bowl four. It goes different than, than Super Bowl four did. Minnesota wins the game straight up. Wow. I'm going to take Kansas City minus four and a half. Kind of the same thing I've had in past years for Nick Saban. Hard for me to bet against Kansas City. Your NFL lock and shot. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles minus four and a half over the Rams, and then for my shock, I'm going to take the Texas, I'll, I'll, Texans. I'll throw a flyer on them plus one and a half over the Falcons for them to win straight up. I'm going to go oppo you on your own shock. I'm going to take the Rams plus the four and a half, so we'll draw blood there for sure. And my lock will be Detroit minus nine and a half over Carolina. That's our Friday football forecast from our great friends at First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, long in Eastern Arkansas and now solidly in West Tennessee. For real estate, commercial, ag, hunting, recreational, contact them at fnbt.com or call them at 901-498-5763. Two offices, one in Collierville and one on Ridge Lake Boulevard. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. 
Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. Hello, It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is that the Chicago Bears, after a big win last night, have made a trade. They're already in the trade zone. They traded Chase Claypool to the Dolphins this they morning. They gave him away. They just gave him away in return uh, for a uh, draft pick, a future uh, draft pick. I believe seventh round draft pick is what they got in return from him. Uh, excuse me, a, a sixth round draft pick. They they swapped a seventh for a sixth, um, and they get a sixth round draft pick in return, which for a lot of people, I mean, is not good for the Bears. They traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool originally. They get him back. Uh, he just doesn't work out in Chicago, and he's moved for a sixth Didn't round pick. in Pittsburgh. Pick. Exactly. So, you know, but I do think this might be good for, for Chase Claypool when you look at change it. Change scenery. It, change of scenery is needed. And I think if I'm a receiver, I don't know how many other receiver rooms I would want to be in, how many offenses I would want to play in outside of Miami. With the receivers they have on that roster, with the offense they run, it just seems like it's built for receivers. He'll have some older guys, some kind of veteran leadership in that receiver room that he can kind of learn from. And so I think this might be good for Chase Claypool and for the Dolphins. This is really kind of a low-risk, high-reward. You're trading a sixth-round pick. How much was, was how, how much value did that sixth-round pick actually have? And now you get a guy in Chase yep. Claypool that I think has the potential to be a good receiver in this league. So we'll see what happens uh, with Chase Claypool. Uh, different scenery now in Miami. Well, he's proved something in the NFL. Sixth and seventh draft choices very rarely get a chance to ever get on the field, and they're counting on that that wide receiver grouping, that wide receiver room to police that. What I learned, Brett, your mark should be at the Red River Shootout. He will have to be at the Big 12 championship game, and, and OU and Texas are probably going to be at it. So he needs to be at this one. You got to sometimes you got to swallow deep, and you got to swallow your pride. And I don't, I don't think he needs to act like they don't exist. He did a great job saving the league, but I think if he's not there tomorrow, it's a bad look. 
yeah, no, I, I think it would be really cool to, to see him uh, in attendance for that game. And wave uh, goodbye to both yeah, of them. Yeah, why not? Um, but uh, another thing that I learned today, and I don't know if you've seen this story, I think it came out either yesterday or the day before, and I just haven't had enough time to really sit down and look at it, but have you seen there's a, a college, I, I, I can't pronounce the name of the college, it's very hard, but it's, it's a college for deaf and uh, deaf and hard hearing people. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and. Yeah, you're deaf. Yes, and and uh-huh. they have a football team, and uh-huh. uh, AT and they partnered with AT and T to create a helmet that they can use a tablet and and send in the play, and the quarterback has um, this little lens in front of his eye, and it will show him uh, using augmented reality what play the coach has called, where then he can sign it to his teammates. I think this is awesome technology. We talk about technology being used in so many bad ways, but this really is a way technology is being used in such a great way, making it easier um, for these guys that really just want to play football, love the game of football, to continue to play it at a high level, at a collegiate level so I thought that was really really cool to see but uh, and, it's, and it's one of the many reasons why yeah. I just so adore Houston Nutt and uh-huh. his family his mom and dad coach Houston Nutt his dad and his mother Miss Imogene Nutt they ran the deaf school in Little Rock forever really and and they didn't have near that technology right. or, or, or things to go with it and that, it was a lot of love they put in yeah absolutely what I could have done without going back to the Chicago Bears we mentioned it Earlier in the show, but uh, the passing of Dick Butkus yesterday at the age of 80, just uh, really, really sad, but really cool kind of looking back on it to see what the Bears were able to do yesterday after that just terrible news. I, I saw that uh, that Justin Fields, he was being interviewed after the game and said that they found out, him and, and some of his teammates found out about the passing when they put it up on the Jumbotron. So um, wow. definitely just... Uh, just uh, definitely sad news. A legend of uh, of football in the NFL, but uh, well, I'm I'm there too. Yeah. I, I could have done without the passing of the great Dick Buckus. Bear for life. Only mm-hmm. team he ever played for, like Gail Sayers, like Walter Payton, like Dan Hampton, like Mike Singletary. All Hall of Famers. Dick Buckus only played in 119 NFL games. Never played in a postseason game. Wow. And Gail Sayers and went to the Hall of Fame. It's the fewest number of games played to go to the Hall of Fame. Only played in 68, and they were inarguably both with bad knees, the best offensive and best defensive player of their time. And they were on the same team, but they they needed a lot of help. That's great. Where are you beaming tonight? Beam me for tomorrow to the Grove, best spot in college football, for a game that I cut my teeth on. I was hearing stories about Ole Miss and Arkansas before I learned my ABCs. <laughs> Usually a wild one. Pre-game starts with me and Gary Darby at 4.30 in the Grove. Kickoff at 6.30 with David Kellum calling the action. Harry Harrison is Ole Miss football analyst. And John Dornell on the sidelines on these airwaves. Brett, we'll get to tomorrow when we get there. I'm beaming up to Harvard tonight. Cornell versus Harvard. This game was supposed to be on ESPNU. It's been moved to ESPN2 because people are just clamoring to see this Ivy League showdown. Cornell 2-1, Harvard undefeated 3-0. The line right now about 14 points. Ah, I think it could be closer than that. Right for lunch, anywhere in town, every day next week. Tell me the Cornell running back in the early 70s that many thought should have won the Heisman Trophy. I couldn't tell you, Brett. <laughs> I couldn't tell Ed you. Marinero. Mm. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on all things Texas State Fairgrounds. They will do the last hour of game day. They'll move inside the stadium. Bama at A&M. Can Bama's O-line block anybody? Tigers versus Tigers in M-I-Z-Z-O-U. U-K versus U-G-A. 
Rebs versus Razorbacks, all the baseball, NFL early on Sunday, and all the NFL Sunday afternoon. We'll watch it all. Well, it should be an absolutely amazing weekend. Enjoy all of the action. That's all the time we have today. We'll talk to you again on Monday.